Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. It is App State Day. Hashtag App State Day DG on Twitter as part of the Voices of North Carolina tour. My name is Adam Witten. Brett Strilo from the App State Athletics Department. Those of you that have followed college sports around this state for a long time have, have known the name Brett Strilo. Where do you think people most know you from? Hmm. Probably doing weird basketball stories, off offshoots of. I mean, we could ask Coach Kearns. Uh, they had their rim test the other day. I've noticed the brand of basketball they're using, but that would probably bore everyone. Yeah, you did write quite an expose on the brand of basketballs being used at various schools. It's 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 a it's an interesting topic, I think, because it's the it's one of the sports where you play with whatever ball is used at that particular school in that particular gym. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. We're excited to talk to new men's basketball coach at Appalachian State, Dustin Kearns. Coach, how are you? Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Doing great, Adam. Hey, Brett, how are you doing? We're doing all right. We, we might get into this basketball conversation. Uh, I'll let Brett steer the wheel on that one since that's more his forte. But um, I, I am curious now. The, the last time you and I really had a chance to spend some time together was over the spring. We were doing the, the tour around the state, visiting with folks in the Yosef Club. And, and you had only been, been in Boone for, you know, a couple weeks or months uh, since being hired. Now you've had maybe a, a little bit more time to, to, I hesitate to use the phrase settle in, but I am curious kind of what life is like now for you that you've had a little bit more time on the mountain. Well, when I was with you, Adam, it was days. I'd been on the job for That's right, yeah. days. Uh, now it's been a few months and it's been great. Uh, it's even been better than expected. Uh, we've, we just finished our summer session when our team was here. We did a lot of uh, development, skill development, player development, and some team workouts and a lot of work in the weight room. But our guys went home last night, uh, surprised them with a little bit of a – we thought they thought we were going to do a team workout, and, and uh, they were all dressed in a locker room, and I was talking about a few things. And then we went racing go-karts to kind of compete and finish the summer, and it was a lot of fun. We had four different kind of heats, and we had a championship heat. Uh, here in town in Boone. So that was a lot of fun. Good way to uh, end the summer and send them home uh, for for about 10 days. I guess I need to follow up on that. What is this championship heat? Like in, you say in town, and I think I've heard you talk about you compete, you know, you kind of measure, you know, winners and every kind of thing. So maybe how did you use that to kind of test, you know, success or a winner? And then what did that visually look like if it was <laughs> sort of closer to town? Well, it was, it was here in Boone at Fun and Wheels. And, um, so we just paired uh, between coaches and players. We got 20 people. We, we had five different uh, races. Uh, I'm sorry, four different races of five people, and it was just random. And then the top two uh, uh, racers or whatever from each heat, uh, we, we raced in one big race at the end of of about you know eight cars and so eight go karts, and that was fun. But yeah, what we do when we when we play pickup, we do things. We we chart winners. And we put it up in the locker room, and uh, we, you know, we don't put records as losses, but we do chart uh, chart winners. We try to, uh, you know, I think in the big scope of things, and one thing that I always try to talk with our players about a lot of times is life, uh, life skills. I Man, I think it's always a competition. And uh, you know, if you want to go to med school, it's going to be a competition to get in. You want to go to law school, it's going to be a competition. So, like, try to just teach them the life skills that. Um, uh, you're always competing. 
I asked you about this so many times when we were together during the spring, but because this, this is a, a potentially a new audience to you, um, I think this is one of the most interesting things about your story and upbringing as, as a person, as a coach. Um, but the origins of, of something that you use a lot on Twitter and the men's basketball Twitter account uses, which is the hashtag take the stairs. And I was wondering if you could share with this audience here on, on the David Glenn show uh, the, the origins of that and why that's important to you. Yeah, well, you know, Adam, I think that every good program has a has a brand. I think every good, you know, App State has its own separate brand and is powerful. But I think every good individual, you know, organization program has has their own type of motto brand that they can refer back to. Whether it's the Patriots do your job or Clemson football in or you know, uh, on so on so on. So ninety five percent of the the world, if they've got a choice to take the stairs or the elevator or, or an escalator, they're going to take the elevator or escalator. You know, most people, uh, if they want to go on a diet, they're going to go try to take some quick pill or they want to, they want to make some money. They want to try to win the lottery. Most people at the end of the day want it easy. And so one thing that we talked to our team about is we don't want it that way. Uh, we want to, we want to put in the work. That's where your confidence comes from. That's where um, you got to work for it. And, and and that's kind of the the price of admission. I mean, you know, my background, and I think you got to have something that kind of fits my personality too. You know, my my uh, my dad was drafted in Vietnam. My my uh, my grandfather was a coal miner. Uh, my mom didn't go to college. Uh, my dad he did night school for 15 years when he got back from Vietnam to get his degree. So my I was raised in a way I didn't I didn't uh, like got to work for it. And in the old-fashioned way, you know, roll your sleeves up and, and and let's go to work. So I want our program to have that same mentality. Like we don't want it easy. We're gonna um, we're gonna work. One thing that we don't do in our program, I'm, I'm not being critical of other programs that do this. We don't post any pictures of our program working, doing workouts, playing. Hmm. Uh, what I what I always tell our teams is those teams don't scare me. Um, I, I'm I'm worried about the teams that aren't posting stuff. Um, and so one thing that, you know, you'll see about our program, you, you'll, you'll, you'll never see pictures or highlights of us practicing or lifting weights. Um, I've, I've always, you know, that that's one thing that I've tried to create a mentality with our team is, uh, we're going to work, uh, but we don't have to be telling everybody about it. And, um, but I think that, you know, taking the stairs, uh, like I said, I think most people are looking for the quick fix. Most people are looking for the, the, the easy way and trying to, create a culture and create a, a mindset that, no, that's not us. And, um, and that kind of goes with everything that we're trying to do here from, from, you know, building our roster. Um, it can be done different ways. I, w- I want to build our roster where we build a program, not a team and uh, where it's built to last when we, you know, eventually get there. So. Well, as someone who works on the sixth floor of the athletic center, I, I would not like my record documented of how often at least go. <laughs> I take the elevator up more than I probably should, but I, well, truth, but I truthfully have your voice in my head every time I do the wrong thing. Well, well Brett, I'll say this: like if you know, and, and I talked to our team about this. Is it does it literally mean to, uh, taking the stairs? No, it, it, it's 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 doing the hardest thing possible as quickly as possible. And so, like. If we go to a hotel and there's 12 floors, like I mean, I'm going to take the elevator. Too. Like that's, it, it. But it's it, it's trying to have a mindset when we go to the weight room that we're going to maybe get an extra rep or we're going to go. Like it's just most 
we don't want it the easy way. And so I, I, uh, I, I, you know, I tell our team that, hey, listen, this it's not like I see you on campus and I, you, you should be taking the stairs. It's, it's not really about that. Uh, it's about most people want it easy, but not us. <laughs> well, you've, you've gotten my head anyway in a good way. Um, just you've talked about the culture a little bit, and I know with coaching changes can be hard for, for you know, college students, college basketball players, and um, it seems like, you know, there's a lot of transfers in college basketball, but the program that you came in, it seems like that you've been able to develop a good relationship quickly with a lot of student athletes that were going through a tough situation for them personally a little bit. What has that been like for you to develop these relationships, and why do you think it's worked out so well with this group so far? Well, I mean, we want to lead the Sunbelt and play relationships. I mean, I always talk to our staff about that. And, and so, you know, you got to spend time with them. And, and that's part of the, 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 the being in coaching. I think that if you're not in coaching for that, the relationships with players and, and, and seeing guys, you know, reach a potential and seeing guys, you know, do things that they necessarily don't believe they can do, then they, you should be in coaching. But, like, um, it's been great. we got high-character guys. And, and fortunately, to have a group that, you know, we, we've we've tried to create a, an environment and a, and a culture that it's, you know, it's about the, it's about App State and 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 having a lot of pride in the wearing App State and 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 making our program proud. One thing that we've done is we've we've moved all the trophies uh, from from varsity gym to homes and we we put them in a big trophy case right outside the locker room because I want our guys to embrace the past and I want them to see that it has been done before. Maybe not as much as we'd all like, but our program has been to NCAA tournament. Our program has been to postseason. And 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 so now I want them to say, listen, it's been done before. It can be done again and uh and also, you know, appreciating that and respecting that. Um but we've got great kids, high character guys and 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 um they they're working hard and and we, you know we we've, we've had a good summer um changing some habits changing some you know um way of doing things uh those things you know take some time but I certainly think we're on the right track Coach Kearns, we, we appreciate you spending a few minutes with us today. Uh, I'm glad you're starting to settle in a little bit more, and I, I hope that the audience got a, a great picture of the foundation that you're trying to build with the App State basketball program. We're also excited to, to talk to a prominent alum from the program, Donald Sims, who's going into the Athletics Hall of Fame this year. And uh, certainly, if you want more information about the 100th anniversary of Appalachian State basketball, that'll be a year-long celebration. Uh, you can find out more about that at appstatesports.com or the App State Men's Basketball Twitter page. Coach, appreciate the time. Thank you for joining us, and, and we will not look for workout videos on, online and on social media. <laughs> well, enjoy. What a great uh, what a great day for App State to be on David Glenn's show, and thanks, Adam. Thanks, Brett. Donald is Donald's a, a special player. Coached against him. We recruited him when I was at Wofford, and he was a local kid, and, and certainly – have had a lot of connection with him. I called him the first day here and so deserving of him uh, going into the Hall of Fame and exciting. And we started a former player wall outside of locker room. When the guys come back, we look forward to having him sign that. And, uh, and I'd like for him to speak to our team when he comes back and 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 uh, so deserving, deserving of, of, of what he's accomplished. So, Coach, we appreciate the time. Look forward to catching up with you again as we get closer to the season. Sounds good. Thanks, guys.
Dustin Kearns, new men's basketball coach for App State, joining us on the David Glenn Show. Up next, Michael Smith, App State alum and writer for the Sports Business Journal. We'll talk to him in just a few minutes. Gary Player joining us. This morning I did 1,300 sit-ups and crunches. Wow. I pushed 300 pounds with my legs and I ran on the treadmill. You are one of the legends of golf and you've been an inspiration as a person as well. What a nice compliment and God bless America. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. It's App State Takeover Day. Adam Witten and Brett Strelo excited that you've joined us to talk all things Appalachian State. And our next guest on the phone right now is Michael Smith. He is an App State alum. We will not mention the year unless he wants to when we, if, if when he joins us here in just a second. Um, but he's also a writer for the Sports Business Journal. So we have a number of topics to get into with him. Uh, Michael, first of all, thank you for joining us. I want to start with this. I understand that um, it, based on an email exchange that we just had that uh, you just dropped your son off at, at Appalachian. Is that right? That's right. Uh, Colson is uh, going to be uh, uh, starting school there uh, with this fall semester. So he he's moved into his apartment and uh, and uh, getting ready uh, to, to to get started. What did you enjoy in Boone while you were going through that? Well, just you know, it brings back a lot of memories. I I joked around with him. He he's in an apartment off of 105 Extension. And I joked with him like, yeah, I used to go to parties at that apartment. So I, I think that properly freaked him out a little bit, but. Um, <laughs> It's always fun to be back in Boone and, uh, um, you know, hit Makoto's and, uh, Ooh, and yes. it's especially fun to, to, you know, show, show my son around and, and to have, and to know that he's going to get the, you know, maybe some of a similar experience to what I had, but, uh, he's been going to App State football games ever since he was six or seven years old. And so, so he, he knows the campus and he, he knows what it's all about. All right, well, I want to get into this this story that you just wrote for the Sports Business Journal, and I believe it came out on Monday. Uh, it's called, a, it's a portfolio, it's called Anatomy of a Search, and the, the headline is Plan to Succeed. In need of a football coach, Appalachian State AD Doug Gillen activated a process he'd been working on for two years. Here's how it played out. So it's the story of how Appalachian and Doug Gillen and his staff went from Scott Satterfield moving to Louisville to hiring Eli Drinkwitz in mid-December. Michael, uh, this might be a tough question to to answer, but I will ask you, what was the most interesting thing that you uncovered in in your details of the the development of that process in hiring Coach Drinkwitz? Well, just a couple of things. First of all, you know, the planning that Doug Gillen put into uh, being prepared knowing that Scott Satterfield was going to have other opportunities, whether it was uh, two years ago or this past year, and that he needed to be prepared for a coaching search at some point. And and that was just a byproduct of, of the success that Satterfield was having and that App State was having, and, and knowing that some schools uh, in the SEC or the ACC most likely were going to come calling and, you know, frankly offer him the kind of money that he just couldn't get at Appalachian. And, you know, he's when you talk about going from less than a million to three and a quarter million a year, that's generational type money. And so, you know, I don't think anybody blames, you know, Sat for making that move, but uh, Doug Gillen wanted to be ready. And, and to know that, you know, that Doug started planning for this as far back as two years ago, I think really was um, informative for people that may follow college football, but also for other athletic directors in this business. 
to to see how Doug went about it and and to you know th there's nothing more important that an AD does than hire a football coach and so that's how ADs are judged it's how they're evaluated and you can't go into a search without a plan and and that's kind of the point of the story is is to outline what Doug's plan was and how he made it uh, made it happen over the course of eight days in December. Yeah, I guess I was still a beat writer in 2016 when um, you having your story about just that midweek road game at Georgia Southern um, and the trip they took, um, you know, Doug and a few officials after that, of uh, just kind of the tipping point of like, okay, this is, it's it's going to happen at some point, whether it's sooner rather than later. And I think Adam and I both kind of thought that was, that kind of jumped out at us. Maybe I was doing a bad job as a reporter not to know that. But Yeah, no, <laughs> no, that, that, that's a good point. That's the thing that, that really stood out to us. Michael, what can you tell us about the meeting they had in Atlanta after the 2016 game against Georgia Southern in Statesboro? Well, first of all, I have vivid memories of, of that game in particular because it was the game where Georgia Southern jumped up 10 uh, nothing, and then <laughs> right. came back and, uh, and ended up, I called it a statement win in the, in the story, and uh, to come back and win 34 to 10 like they did at Georgia Southern was really impressive. And I was on the sidelines for that game and was uh, on in the doorway of the locker room after the game. So you really felt the excitement and the adrenaline from that win. And then you kind of it was just interesting that they go from that to going to a meeting in Atlanta with Parker Search to talk about who their next football coach is going to be. And so they, they spent an entire day, uh, Doug and a couple of his uh, top lieutenants, uh, spent an entire day at, uh, in Atlanta at Parker Search uh, two years ago talking about what type of qualities they would look for in, in the next head coach and who some of the candidates might be. And from that meeting, they, uh, they walked out of there with, with uh, 30 names that they thought might be a fit. And then over the course of the next two years, that, that list changed and evolved as uh, some, some coaches moved up and some coaches moved off the list. And uh, in addition to that uh, meeting two years ago, I thought it was really interesting that over the course of the 2018 season that uh, Gillen and his staff were having almost weekly evaluations of who their next coach might be. And and establishing that list of who's on the A list, who's on the B list, who's on the C list. Again, all in preparation for when that time came. This might be a pretty open-ended question. Um, you know, this search, this story goes into a lot of the value of search firms, which I think, you know, maybe the general public doesn't have a great idea about. And um, I guess just maybe in a bigger picture college uh, sports sense, you know, I think the Athletic does story recently on like, you know, Alabama's efforts to still fill its stadium, you know, as one of the top programs in the country and what they're having to do to be creative. You know, in North Carolina, we have the, the alcohol sales bill where, you know, programs are looking at that. Just does one of those stand out as, you know, maybe a, just an issue in college athletics that you think is maybe the most urgent of way that people are trying to kind of move forward with, with changing times of the way people consume sports? Yeah, so you know, if you look at the biggest issues in college sports today, most people would tick off name, image, likeness, the transfer portal, uh, and somewhere in the top three to five would be fan experience. What are schools doing to keep fans coming to the game and instead of watching it in the comfort of their home? And so I really look at Texas as probably being the leader in that way. The, you know, every Texas home game, they have a, they have a street festival, they have concerts, um, and like you would expect from Texas, they do it bigger and better than most everyone else. Of course, they have the resources to do that also. 
Um, but if you, to me, if you look at name, image, and likeness and transfer portal, just as two examples of, of big issues, college football is going to be fine whether whether those issues change or whether they stay the same. If you look at the fan experience and the declines in attendance, if if fans stop coming to the games, that's going to fundamentally change college football from being the number two sport in, in America behind the NFL in, in ways that would be much more damaging, I think, than anything that's going to happen from name, image, likeness, and, and transfers. So, yeah, I, th I think that's vitally important. And, uh, and really an, an area where I think Appalachian State does a great job is, is – uh, and, and will be interesting to watch as as App and, and other schools try to figure out what's what's the plan for selling alcohol and how does that fit into the game day experience. Michael Smith, he's a writer for the Sports Business Journal. We've been talking to him about a story that he just came out with. It's the it's a portfolio, the anatomy of a of a coaching search, called the Plan to Succeed, and it, it specifically details how Appalachian State AD Doug Gillen. Uh, activated a process he'd been working on for two years to hire head coach Eli Drinkwitz. Uh, before we let you go, Michael, is there anything else from that story or just the, the coaching search step-by-step um, -step plan, or if there is a plan at all? Uh, you kind of laid out a template that Doug Gillen and his staff worked on to hire coach Drinkwitz, but anything else from that story that you think is important for, uh, for people to know about or a growing trend in, as it relates to college athletics and, and coaching searches? Well, I just thought it was interesting to, to hear Doug talk about uh, last October, right in the middle of the football season, you know, things were going really well. It was obvious that Scott Satterfield was going to have opportunities. And Doug went before the Board of Trustees and said, look, our football coach is going to have some opportunities. We, we need to be prepared for, you know, if, if there is a change. And uh, he told the board at that time that it would. he laid out a, a, a plan for what would happen and said it would take seven days to hire a coach. In the end, it ended up taking eight days, but two of those days were kind of lost because of the snowstorm that dumped 20 inches of, of snow. <laughs> right. Soon, I'm sure most people remember. Uh, so it, it, I, I thought it was fascinating that Doug kind of laid out this plan and, and pretty much nailed it from start to finish. Yeah, given the, the magnitude of that snowstorm, it only took one more day than he originally planned on it taking. That was That's that's one of the more remarkable parts of the story. Uh, you can check out Michael's story on the Sports Business Journal. He's an App State alum as well. So, Michael, we appreciate you spending some time with us this afternoon. Well, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. All right, Michael Smith from the Sports Business Journal. All right, perfect segue into our next guest, which is Doug Gillen, the Athletics Director at Appalachian State. He'll join us on the other side of the break here on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back. It's the David Glenn Show on a Wednesday afternoon. You're listening to App State Day here on the DG Show. Hashtag App State Day DG on Twitter. Adam Witten, Brett Strela. We are halfway home on today's program. We just talked to Michael Smith, writer for the Sports Business Journal and App State alumnus, and he just wrote a story detailing the process that Doug Gillen, the AD at App State, and his staff went through in hiring head coach Eli Trinkwitz after Scott Satterfield left for Louisville. And we are 
are excited to be joined now by Athletics Director Doug Gillen. We have a variety of topics we're going to talk about with Doug, but uh, Doug, I do want to lead off a little bit with the story that Michael came out with on Monday. It really highlighted the, the planning that you and your staff went through in making sure that you were ready to execute as soon as the time arrived to hire a new football coach. Um, so, so I'm curious if there's any details that you'd like to, to share or some of the most interesting takeaways as you kind of think back on what that whole process would like in, in arriving where we are today as, uh, with Eli Drinkwitz as the head football coach at Appalachian. Well, the first First of all, thank you guys for having me on, and I appreciate them giving that uh, space to radio dial today. This is awesome. Um, you know, yeah, Michael and I, Michael obviously um, does a lot in college sports, and, um, you, you know, when he ran the idea by me, I was like, yeah, sure, because every athletic director does it differently, and, and there's no right and wrong way. Um, for that article, uh, he just asked me the way that I did it and, um, you know, how it works for us. And, and um, so, yeah, we you know, we went through a little bit of the detail, but like I said, you know, you just got to be ready. And then, um, you know, sometimes, you know, candidates are in and candidates are out. And, and um, you know, as long as we start with what we, you know, our candidate profile, what we're really looking for in our coach, um, that's really kind of where it starts. And then when you kind of state that, that blueprint, um, then, you know, you can kind of check folks in and out as you go through the process. But, yeah, it, it's, it's a stressful process for, for all of those that have been through it. Um, and followed it. It's uh, it's quick. There's a lot of attention to it. You you know you want to make sure you get it right. Um, it's a big big hire for um, our university and certainly our football program. And and thankfully um, you know through the process we think we uh, you know we hired Eli Drinkwitz and we could not be more happy um, that he's our head football coach. Doug Gillen, Athletics Director at Appalachian State, is our guest. Again, you can find Michael Smith's story on the Sports Business Journal if you want to read more into the process that they went through to bring Eli Drinkwitz in as the head coach of Appalachian. But we, we do have a lot of other topics we want to get to with Doug. You know, the, the 1920 athletic season is just days away as fall sports will get rolling. But uh, I, I do want to take an opportunity first, Doug, to kind of ask you to reflect on the 18-19 season when so many things were accomplished as an athletics department. I know that was that was a real banner year for the program. I wanted to give you an opportunity to to speak on that and, and what you were most proud of from, from last season as we keep the momentum rolling in 1920. Yeah, it's always, uh, thank you. I mean, it's always, you know, you're as good as your last game or as your last semester in the classroom. And, um, and that's the way that we look at it. But we certainly did take some time uh, this summer to reflect on on all the success that we've had, and, and certainly um, analytically, when you look at certainly the success in the classroom, the success in our community, the success uh, competitively, it's as good as it's ever been at Appalachian uh, coming off 1819. You know, we won obviously another wrestling championship, four in a row, a women's cross country championship, a women's tennis championship for the first time, and then certainly football was another bowl win, another conference championship there. You know, we were 14 straight semesters where our GPA. Uh, collectively for our student athletes has been over a 3.0. And so that's, um, you know, that's doing recruiting the right uh, students that can compete in the classroom first and foremost. Our coaches do all the work and then get the right students here. And then, then, then we were able to recruit great students that do great work in the classroom. And then, you know, this year, you know, there's a, there's actually a mechanism by which you can measure the hours that your student athletes are putting into your community. And, and, and most athletic departments across the country use it. And we were ranked sixth nationally uh, it's number six in the country in terms of actually giving back to our community and that's every philanthropic organization you can think of up in the high country and beyond where our student athletes went and gave back uh, to their community 
Um, certainly, you know, our women's basketball team went, went in the WBI. We had a softball softball team go to postseason for the first time in a long time. Uh, it just seemed like things were, uh, you know, operating on all cylinders. We had the highest ranking we've ever had in our conference, um, you know, competition cup, so that was really good. And then, you know, continued construction on our facilities. We have, uh, you know, our end zone facilities underway. Our facility for a brand-new tennis, softball, indoor and outdoor tennis and track is um, underway right now as we speak. So, and then certainly, you know, from a philanthropic giving and a supporter standpoint, we're at record levels as well with the amount of folks that have joined our Yosef Club, the amount they've given, um, the uh, amount that they're investing in the future of Appalachian in our, in our program. Doug, I'm sure the questions I get a lot, the questions you get a lot, um, a lot of it starts with that North End Zone facility. What can you share with the audience about just kind of the progress being made there and uh, how things how things reside with that? Yeah, that's a good question. Thank goodness I'm, like, I'm not uh, in the construction business. I don't know if I would have the patience for it, but um, <laughs> we, uh, I'm looking at it right now. You know, So it's, uh, it's on schedule. I met with the folks yesterday. It's on schedule. And, uh, you know, there's so much work that goes on underneath the ground. Um, and I'm learning uh, the process. And, and that's a lot of what we've got accomplished over the summer. You know, we got uh, certainly all of, um, you know, the, the previous building uh, torn down and taken away and then all the uh, infrastructure that's underground done. Um, now we know that we have students coming here in a couple of weeks. So as soon as they get here, we get them all moved in and stuff. Uh, from what I'm told, then we'll really start to see more of the concrete steel. Uh, construction piece to start so we're we're ecstatic this is going to be a game changer for us um you know we need to continue to sustain comprehensive excellence in all of our programs as i mentioned with adam a minute ago um you know the trajectory is uh is on a steep incline for uh our athletic program here at appalachian you know 26th best football program in america last year the number one in the state and that's competing against folks that have budgets anywhere from four to five times maybe even six or seven times bigger than ours um, but we continue uh, to compete. We continue to compete um, with our blue-collar mentality, chip on our shoulder. And that's what you're going to see in this facility here. It's going to continue to provide us. It's not going to be over the top. It's going to be a functional building that's used by all of our student-athletes. It's going to be certainly have different mechanisms for football and football offices, but it's also going to be used by the entire high country. You know, where this is a multi-purpose facility that's got a 12,000-square-foot banquet facility in it. We know that we live in a destination where people want to come um, to conduct the business meetings, um, anything else that, that might might need a big banquet facility. So we're really excited that we built a facility that is going to really service our community, our campus, and our athletic program. Doug Gillen, Athletics Director at Appalachian State, joining us here on the David Glenn Show. I'm Adam Witten. Brett Strelo is here as well in studio. Uh, Doug, you mentioned the, the football program and where it finished the end of last season, what it's accomplished over the last several years, the trajectory that it has, and Eli Drinkwitz trying to take it even to, to new heights. Uh, but but from your perspective, construction aside, because I know that's one of the most interesting things about this upcoming season from a fan perspective around the stadium, but construction and, and facilities aside, what to you is the most interesting thing or interesting things about this upcoming football season? Well, I mean, I think certainly, you know, coming down and playing at Chapel Hill, I mean, I think that's really interesting. I, I, I think back and I was thinking today, you know, um, when we started having conversations with, uh, with North Carolina about that game. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, when, you know, Bubba and I were chatting, it was like it was good for football, good for football in the state, and good for college football. And I think we saw that when, you know, I don't know what the rumors are in terms of 
how many hours it took to sell that game out, but it didn't take long. And I think that's just a testament to, um, you know, certainly North Carolina being willing to play Appalachian. Not everybody is willing to play us as I try to schedule games across the state and across the country. Um, and so certainly that was great. Uh, I think it's great for the state and great for uh, college football, great for both fan bases. So we're really excited about that. Same holds true for South Carolina, exact same situation where it's great for our region um, playing South Carolina. And I um, can't say enough about Ray Tanner um, and, you know, being able to work that out. We're in very similar scenario to uh, North Carolina. So those two things are, you know, we're kind of kicking off that series, which both are three-game series over different years. Um, so that's, you know, those are certainly some things to watch. But we're excited to play ETSU again. The other football programs get back going. Um, you know, an old rivalry, so we're, we're getting excited. Their fan base is excited. We've got quite a few folks coming over to watch that game. So that's good for football in the region. And then, uh, you know, certainly we have a lot of talent. It's very well documented in terms of returning and, and position, skill positions, et cetera. Um, you know, obviously I'm really excited about uh, Coach Drinkwitz and, and really his focus in the offseason, um, you know, certainly he's been on X's and O's and putting the team together and building the chemistry, but it's really been, you know, his primary objective has been student-athlete wellness and, and uh, health and wellness. You know, how are we, what's our nutrition look like? What is our sports psychology look like? What is um, the way that we're traveling, the way that we're training, the way that our strength and conditioning is working? Um, I, I'm really impressed with a lot of things about uh, Eli, but, you know, certainly um, – his real laser focus on are we taking care of our student-athletes the utmost best of our ability based on our resources. Doug, we had Michael Smith on and talked to him a little bit about some big-picture um, topics in college sports and um, just talking about the fan experience and, you know, maybe just in North Carolina it's timely with the ability for schools to sell alcohol. And I feel like you were ahead of the game and just kind of how you thought about, you know, selling hot dogs, selling T-shirts, attractive matchups on a schedule and in improving the fan experience. Just kind of could you share a little bit how you kind of think about those things? Because it is a different landscape than it used to be. Well, yeah, I think you need to be, you know, strategic in, in, uh, in, in your thought process. And if you look at what we've done at Appalachian over the last four years, you know, we put in first thing we did is we put in, a, you know, almost $4 million video board. And we put that in because we knew right behind it was going to be, a, you know, 40 some million dollar end zone facility that you know some folks still aren't bought into end zone seating so that but now we put a brand new state-of-the-art uh video board right in front of their seat so it's like they're going to be on the couch and and uh when you talk to people and they like okay we're competing against television we're competing against um fans that might just want to stay on the couch and have a couple friends over you got to try to bring the best to that experience that you can and certainly for us it's all about engagement it's all about making sure that we provide an opportunity for them to engage, certainly with alums, um, their friends that were here X amount of years ago. Uh, they want to come and watch in an atmosphere that they feel comfortable in. Uh, so we, you know, with those two facilities, and now whether whether it's alcohol or not, you know, we're put, putting our plans together. We want to make sure that we do this really, really smart because it's really not a it's not a financial driver for us. It's really about is it. Is it help from a fan atmosphere for the folks that might want to come in and have a drink? We're looking at opening up our gates early. Um, you know, we, usually about an hour and a half we'll finalize that, but we're, we're probably going to go to two hours um, to let fans get in early. Um, we're going to have some pre-game pre programming. You know, as we put them in earlier, we're going to show different things on our video board from different games and different eras. Uh, you know, we thought about you know, getting Coach Moore back, celebrating his 30th anniversary. 
Um, so we're just trying to do things to keep engaging all Appalachian alums, fans, friends, parents, et cetera. Um, you know, our students, our uh, parents' weekend sold out for already for um, this year, and it's, I think it's fourth or fifth straight year. So we're trying to make sure that we accentuate the positives. And then where we can get better, you know, we've got a lot of congestion going on around our campus right now with, you know, construction on two dorms, construction on an end zone facility, is how do we make sure that once we get our fans here, get them here early, come early, leave late this year, patience with progress. And we've really been trying to message that, um, you know, as early as 12 and 18 months out, so we make sure that we're communicating to the best of our ability. So all of those things wrapped together, um, hopefully, continues the upward trajectory. I mean, people come to App, and when I say people, student-athletes come to Appalachia because of the passion, pageantry, history, and tradition of this football facility, and we don't want that to change, so we're doing everything we can to preserve and actually feed expectations of our fans. It's great to be a Mountaineer, Doug. Thanks for spending some time with us this afternoon. We appreciate it. Likewise. Thank you, guys. See you soon. All right, Doug Gillen, Athletics Director at Appalachian State. Up next, head women's basketball coach Angel Elderkin joins the program. It's the David Glenn Show. We'll be back in just... All right, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. It's App State Takeover Day. Adam Witten, Brett Strilo with you until 3 o'clock this afternoon. Want to get to our next guest who's on the phone right now, head women's basketball coach at Appalachian State, Angel Elderkin. Coach, we appreciate you joining us on the program today, and, and I have just one question to begin us, at least in the interview. I have more than one question, but this is the first one I want to get to, which is, uh, are you still wearing the net that you cut down after winning the postseason title at the home center that you wore all throughout the spring at the Yosef Club functions? Are you still wearing that around your neck? I am not wearing it around my neck, but I am staring at it right now, and I feel like I should just put it on. There was a there was a time this, <laughs> this summer though I was out um, speaking, and I said I should have worn my netless. I was mad I didn't have it on. And, and if you heard that accurately over the phone, she said netless, not N-E-C-K, <laughs> N-E-T-less, because it literally was the net they cut down in the home center. So the women's basketball team won the WBI title. They did so in front of a record crowd, the most fans to ever watch a women's basketball game at the home center. Uh, I, I would imagine that we're so late into the summer, Coach, you, you've turned the page to, to 1920, but ha have you spent much time at all this summer reflecting on what this team accomplished in, in winning 22 games and a postseason? season championship last year? Absolutely. I think we took some time to reflect reflect on the 22 wins, but we also took time to reflect on um, some of the losses and talk about that when our team came back um, for summer two. We talked about not allowing success to distract us, um, but allowing it to fuel us for us to take that next step. So I think in order for our program to grow, um, that it's important that we, we look at the 22 wins, but we also look at maybe where we fell short in some areas, and then we, we attack those. Angel, just the year before that, you had a roster that was super young, and I was just kind of curious of just the vision you had for uh, maybe even starting two years ago, of putting that collection of players together. You obviously get Maddie's story back last season after she was hurt the year before. Just kind of the vision you had for building that to what you were able to accomplish last year and then moving forward even from that. You know, with that group, there was the vision of laying the foundation um, to be able to compete for championships. That vision really didn't come. It didn't really hit them until after that season of the eight wins um, because all through that season they were all new. They didn't know really what we were saying and what we meant. And after that one year, 
this past year in January, when I painted that picture and talked about that vision again, I feel like that gave us our purpose and that gave us our clarity as we head as we head into the Sun Belt. You mentioned some of the things, you know, you reflected on not just the wins, but but the losses and the things that you'll try to do better this year. As you attack those things, uh, what what were you attacking from last year that you hope that, that can make this season even, even better and reach for more things? I mean, this team had so much success in conference season, made the semifinals of the conference tournament. So I know there's still more goals to achieve. So what are the things you're attacking going into this year? Yeah, we're looking at a toughness piece. When we play against um, Troy and Little Rock and UT Arlington, three teams um, that our, our roster right now hasn't been able to have success against, go back and you watch and you see a toughness factor in the paint of being able to finish shots and, and be physical. And so some of the things that we've done this summer is trying to bring out some of those situations and create those situations. And then, you know, we're always talking about our turnovers and taking care of the basketball and our free throws and just little things to not beat ourselves. Adam mentioned the record-breaking crowd for that WBI final, and you guys were actually the last college team of any kind in North Carolina playing in April. Playing in April is always a good thing. Um, what stood out to me about that run was just the way it kind of kept building community-wise. You'd advance another round, and just even more people would start showing up, and you would get on the mic after games and encourage people to come out. Just what kind of stands out about the way that the community rallied around the program and just what that whole experience was like as you know the team and the program kind of synced in with, with Boone and, and even beyond that? Yeah, you know, first and foremost, our team does a great job out in the community. And I kept always telling the vision that if we get out and we get out in the community and people have a personal connection to us, they'll come, they'll show up. And then, you know, this community loves the App State. They love winning. And I think what it did for our kids was realize that if we win, um, people will come. And, you know, this summer, during their summer two, they did 236 hours of community service, and they wanted to do it every week um, so they can continue to help build our fan base. But that was one of the things they feel like so proud, even the students that were there. They think that it's definitely momentum for us to continue to build on this season. Angel Elderkin, head women's basketball coach at Appalachian State, joining us. Uh, coach, we've we got about a minute left. What, what's, the most, uh, what's the best thing that you've done over the summer? Have you taken a chance to kind of get away from basketball a little bit? What's been the favorite part of, for you over the summer, something fun that you've done? Well, it's coming up. This week, I, we're, our players just finished uh, summer school, and I'm going to head down to the beach. I'm going to go down to Folly Beach for a week, um, just kind of reset. Um, recalibrate myself and get ready for the season but it, it's coming up it's I always wait till this time of year no students on campus and just try to get away that's Angel Elderkin we hope that you're all, you are able to get away relax a little bit also want to say congratulations on your recent contract extension from from April and uh, all the success from a year ago we're looking forward to, to a lot more of it this year so we wish you all the best thanks for joining us thank you so much thanks for all your support Angel Elderkin, head women's basketball coach at Appalachian State. We've got one more hour coming your way here. It's App State Takeover Day. Four more guests scheduled to join us, including head football coach Eli Drinkwitz in the next hour. Don't go anywhere. Along with Brett Strelo, I'm Adam Witten. Come on back for hour number three of App State Day right here on the David Glenn Show. Kevin Harlan is joining us. It was a boring game, and the guy ran out right through the formation as if he was a wide receiver <laughs> to be a part of the play. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. You always think of calling that dramatic last-second buzzer-beating shot or a touchdown pass or, or something more historic. This is the David Glenn Show.